Hello and welcome back everybody. So glad to have you back here on the Down South IT Podcast with me. As always, my name is Clark and today we're going to be going over some acronyms, crazy stuff that you see involving HDTVs, what they mean, and also what you want to look for when you're trying to find the perfect high def TV for your home. But first, before I do that, I want to get in, give you all a little update. If you've seen the Facebook page recently, you may have seen it, and it's actually at Down South IT on Facebook. You can search for it there. Uh, the podcast is now on Spotify. So if you use Spotify, you can search for the podcast there, or you can also go check the Facebook page. I put the link up for the show page, and I've also put it up on the website at www.downsouthitpodcast.com. It's on the podcast page along with all of the other links to the other all the other show pages. So please go check that out. I also have the embedded web player right there on that same page, so you can catch up on all the past episodes of the podcast. You can find all the other links to all of the other platforms, including SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. So no matter what pl- platform you use, you can find the podcast there. And trust me, I do appreciate you guys listening. It, uh, it really means a lot. Also on the website, you can check out the build projects that I got going on, uh, the blog, a whole bunch of other stuff that I think you're going to like. Uh, there's nothing in the review section yet, but that'll change here pretty soon. Uh, I'll be stuck in a hotel room in the near future with not much to do, so it'll be review time. So I'll be able to finally actually sit down and write that and get that updated for y'all as soon as I can. So keep an eye out for that in the next couple of weeks. I'll get that updated, and I will let you know when that happens. Now on to the good stuff. So we throw a lot of terms around HDTV, flat screen, LCD, LED, QHD, 4K, 8K, a whole bunch of other crap, and a bunch of letters, a bunch of numbers. And what does all of that mean? Well, we're going to start at the beginning, obviously. Modern TVs today, all your flat screen HD TVs, are broken down into the smallest unit that you possibly can, which is a pixel. And that's the single most tiny point on any screen that you have. Most TVs have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pixels. They're all lined up in what's called a matrix, which basically is just a grid. So each pixel, pixel, excuse me, is a either a liquid-filled crystal diode, which is LCD, or a light-emitting diode, which is your LED. Now the LCD screens, they vary the color. The way they change the color is the amount of current that goes to each crystal. So the more current it goes, I think if I remember right, I think the bluer it gets. But the LED pixels, they use the same amount of current across all of them. That's because each pixel has three colors available, which would be your red, your green, and your blue. And the motherboard will actually mix the colors for each pixel according to what the picture is on your screen. And because of the difference in current and and stuff like that, LED TVs are going to be more power efficient. They take less power to draw to actually make them work. Now, if you back up, if you zoom out from the pixel, you move into your whole screen. And that's where your resolution numbers come in. Resolution is the number of pixels wide by the number of pixels high. So you go left to right, top to bottom. Before we had HD, we actually had standard definition or SD. 
Now, when you talk SD, if you translate that into a pixel number, which is very much a quote because before standard definition, it was tube TV, so everything was way different than what it is now. But anyway, when you were, when you translate that into a pixel number, it came up to 640 across by 480 high. So that's that's your standard definition. That that would be your regular, you know, your TV, your tube TV. Whenever you were doing it, four by three, the whole the that whole thing. Now, when you move up, you move up into high definition, which is 1,280 pixels across by 720 high. So when you see stuff in the store that's say it's you know a TV that's 720, it's a 720 high def TV. That's where they get that number. You always use that last number, the number high, you know, for the pixels for the screen. So this one has 720 pixels high. It's a 720 TV. Now that's actually just standard high definition. When you go into full high definition, that's when you get into 1920 by 1080. So that's where you get your 1080 high definition uh, pictures from go up to the next level you have your 2k or your quad hd 2560 by 1440 moving up a little higher you got your ultra hd which is your ultra high definition 3840 pixels by 2160 pixels and the last one we're going to actually kind of focus on today which is going to be your 4k so that's 4096 pixels by 2160 pixels so it's actually the same height as the ultra hd they just pack more pixels wide so you actually have the 4k you have 4000 4k and that kind of goes with 5k and 8k and stuff like that you know same thing they they that's that's why they get those denominations because they have 4000 5000 8000 pixels wide now with all that being said the further you go up the scale from HD to full HD, ultra high def, and 4K, like I said, that basically just means you have more pixels packed into that screen. And of course, the more pixels you have, the clearer the images will be, and the smoother that the movement will be when you're watching it. So, and by the way, there are two different types of 1080 full, uh, full de high definition. There's 1080i which I'm sure you've probably seen before. And there's 1080p. And the difference between those, uh, besides being just different names, is mostly from the source that you're getting it from. The 1080i is called is 1080 interlace, which basically means every time a picture is drawn on your, your screen, that it draws two, li two lines of pixels at a time. The progressive or your 1080p they do one line at a time just like your all of the other regular TVs now the reason I say that is because of the source is when you have cable service satellite stuff like that they will they'll broadcast in 1080i to where it'll draw the two lines at a time that way they can kind of save on their their bandwidth and that's really the only reason because every other thing that you have in your house, your streaming devices, your Xbox, your Blu-ray players, everything like that, everything everything else is going to play in 1080p. It's just going to be your normal 
your normal uh, draw one line at a time. But if you have to look, if you're looking for a TV and it has either 1080i or the 1080p sitting next to it, when in doubt, always go P. Now, depending on what's on your screen and how it's moving, say you have an action sequence from your favorite Christmas movie that just might happen to be at a tower of Nakatomi or something, you know, versus a slow panning shot of a field with a bunch of flowers, the action sequence may look kind of choppy. You know, it may get blurry at times when everything's happening really fast. And what comes into play with that is your refresh rate. And you'll see that on the box of your TVs with in Hertz or HZ. So the refresh rate is actually how fast your TV can redraw the picture that's on the screen. So if you have a TV with a 60 Hertz refresh rate, which is, you know, pretty basic, that's your, your normal refresh rate, it'll handle most things pretty well. But what that does is that can draw an image on the screen 60 times per second. So, and for the lower end of the, the HD spectrum, you know, you 720, 1080, that's perfectly fine. It, you really won't notice a whole lot of difference, in, you know, in if something's blurry or if, you know, something is a little bit choppy or anything like that. You really won't notice it. But when you pump up the quality and you get to your UHD and your 4K, 60 times a second may not be fast enough. That's a lot of pixels that it has to draw. So whenever they have that many pixels, you may have to look for something that has a higher refresh rate. That way, whatever you're watching will be smooth and you know won't be choppy and aggravate you whenever you're watching it. So if you're looking for something in the 4K, the UHD, you know, the bigger TVs, look for something that has either a 75 hertz refresh rate or 120 hertz refresh rate those shouldn't have any trouble playing any kind of action sequence that you can think of they'll pretty much be able to handle anything you throw at them and whatever you whatever you watching the the action will be smooth now i would like to point out too that to get the most out of your new shiny tv you do need the source to back it up so if you play a regular DVD on a 4K TV, granted, it may upconvert a little bit and it's going to look a little better, but just mainly because there's so many more pixels, you know, so it may look a little bit better, but it's still not going to look right. And it's not even going to be remotely close to what your TV can handle. But, and even if you play a Blu-ray, a regular Blu-ray, which is, you know, your 1080 uh, source, on a 4K TV, you'll see that, and it'll be even that'll be a little bit funky. You know, it'll you'll it won't be terrible, but you'll you'll notice if you're watching text across the screen, it'll be a little it'll be a little more blurry. Things will things won't kind of they they won't be as clear as they should be. Now there are some streaming devices out there that even some Blu-ray players that'll up convert your full HD picture if you have a 1080 to a 4K stream that your TV can handle. But if you have a 4K TV, you need a 4K source. So therein lies, they have some streaming devices out there, mainly, you know, your Roku's, your your Fire Cube, I believe is the one that does 4K. There, there's a few other ones out there too, but those are true 4K sources. And those will get you the best output 
that you can for your nice shiny new TV. So, and that's what that's what you want to go for. You want to look for something that'll be able to give you all that glorious eye candy, right? So, you want to make sure that you have the right source to match your your TV. And don't forget your cables. You can go back and listen to episode 202. It's called Cables Matter and you'll find out exactly why. When you move to screen size, just like in most things, when most in most cases, bigger's better, right? Well, with TVs, there's a couple of things you got to mention. Well, first is how far away are you going to be from your TV? And I did find a little bit of a, a, a general guide on uh, crutchfield.com. And their guide is basically for a 43-inch screen, you should be between 5.5 and, and 9 feet from the screen. For a 50 or 55, you should be about 6.5 to 11 feet from your screen. And 60 inch, you is can go back seven and, and listen to episode to 202. It's called Cables now, Matter, and you will find out exactly good for why. A, you know, a guideline, but I would kind of amend it a little bit because I think the, the, this is kind of a little bit more on the conservative side. So I would amend it to this: if you're between six and ten feet, I would go up to a 46 inch TV. If you're 10 to 12 feet, you know, up to a 60. If you're 12 to 16 feet away from your TV, then you can go up to say an 84, which is probably one of the bigger ones that you can get on the market right now. And you know, distance is important when you're choosing the TV. You want to be able to see the whole screen and everything that's going on on the screen basically without moving your head. It just makes for a more pleasant viewing experience. That way you don't have to keep turning your head every time something happens on the other side of the screen. You it's Doing that will make it'll make your neck hurt. It's annoying. It really is. So you want to be you want to be able to make the right screen choice for your room size. Now next I'm gonna talk. Uh, next would be your screen size itself. Now depending on your budget, you may only be in the market for something like a 32 or a 28 or you know something like that. A smaller smaller TV. That's fine. No big deal. You got a ton of choices out there in that size, different makes and models. That can fit just about any budget. Uh, the trick with one that size is what resolution should you get? In that size range, a 720 uh, HD is going to be perfectly fine. All honesty, you probably won't notice much of a difference between 720 and 1080 at that size. At a 32-inch screen, you really won't notice very much difference between the two. As you go up in size to like the next class up, which would be your your 43, your 46 inch, then you start noticing the difference between your 720 and your 1080. At at that size, you kind of want to you want to steer more towards the 1080. Don't go ahead and spring for a 4K in that size range. It'll be kind of just like the the last one. You know, you really won't notice a whole lot of difference between 4K and 1080 on a screen that size. Once you move up into the next class up, which would be, say, your 55 and anything above that, that's where you want to start looking into your Ultra HD and your 4K. These have enough screen real estate to make that jump warranted, and you're going to see the difference. The larger you go, the higher up on the scale you want to go in quality. Okay, and just to, just to throw in a couple of outlying things that you may hear, um, when, especially when talking HD uh, HDTVs, is a QHD or another Quad HD, but it's not describing 
the resolution is describing the type of screen. Uh, Samsung has their version of it. Sony, I think, has their own version of it. And what they use is they use different types of pixels. They don't just have the red, green, and blue colors. These actually have four colors, hence the quad name. They use red, green, blue, and yellow. And this lets them have sharper, brighter pictures. And that's by incorporating that fourth color into the pictures. Now, I've seen them. They're, the picture on them are really nice. But I do believe it's somewhat of a niche market. And even it may even cause some things to look almost too vivid and kind of washed out. You know, it's almost like the TV's trying too hard. That's why you go into the stores and look at them. You know, that may be something you, you see it, you absolutely love it. That's perfectly fine. No big deal. Now, the other, the second thing I want to mention is HDR or high dynamic range. You're going to see this feature a lot, uh, mostly included in some of the 4K TVs. I tried to figure out how to, to say this on the podcast, but every time I did it, it sounded like crap. So I uh, actually went and found a quote on digitaltrends.com and they explain it a lot better than I can. So uh, this is what they say. While the higher resolution of a 4K Ultra HD TV gives you more pixels, an HDR TV can do even more with those pixels. High dynamic range can provide a higher level of contrast between light and dark images on the screen to create a much more realistic image. That may not sound like much on paper, but in reality, it can be very, very significant. So basically what they're saying is it takes all of your bright colors and your light colors, makes those brighter, and it takes the darker colors and makes those darker. So it makes the images that are on the, sh on the screen sharper and pop more. I have a 4K HDR TV uh, in my living room. And let me tell you, the HDR feature, it really, really, really does make a difference. So if that's something that you're kind of looking into, and you have two choices that you kind of lean, one has HDR, one doesn't, lean toward the one with HDR. I can promise you, you will not be, you will not be disappointed. I was kind of skeptical at first. That was whenever the guy uh, pushed it, whenever I was buying mine, and I tell you, it's it really does make a difference. I'm so much happier that I got the one with HDR than not. Trust me, it really does make a difference. Lean that way, you won't be disappointed. I actually found a list on Wired.com of seven of their best, boldest, and budget-friendly TVs to look out for this year. And some of these are going to be actually last year's models, but they're still great TVs. So we'll run through the list right quick, and we'll see what we got. First up is the TCL 49-inch 4K Roku TV. This is a 2018 model. They're priced right around $400, maybe a little less depending where you go. Uh, TCL's partnership with Roku has made it quite a popular TV. In fact, this is the one that I have in my living room right now, the HDR TV. Great, great TV. And the 6 Series of these TVs offers the most perks. But the 5 Series 4K with HDR is the top entry level TV. It's edge lit. It doesn't have quite the deep level of contrast that most TVs on this list feature. But the picture quality will hold up to some scrutiny. You can use it for gaming. And it'll look better than the HD TV that you have right now. It also comes with the Roku built in, which means remote is easy to use. 
and it'll stream right out of the box. I can attest to this. This is a great TV. If you're looking for one, this is a solid choice. Whether or not you have a Roku already, you know, is kind of if you have if you're in that Roku environment already, the Roku is just a plus, and it just makes things a lot more easy when you're trying to stream. Uh, second up on this on the list is going to be the Vizio E Series 4K TV. These are priced right around $500. This is also a 2018 model. The Vizio E Series is a basic cable version of a high-end TV. It has some of the fancy display features like local dimming, but they aren't very pronounced or impactful as they are on other TVs on the list. This TV is also a lot cheaper. You can buy it with a gargantuan 70-inch screen for less than a grand. For these prices, don't sweat the small stuff. The picture is fantastic and it has 8 million pixels that you would expect with all of the important things like HDR. Some of the smaller models can get as cheap as even $350. Again, great TV. It has the HDR feature again, something that you really want to look into. Third up on the list is another Vizio. This is their P-Series 4K TV, also a 2018 model. Price on this one will run you right around $800. People throw a lot of words around like mid-range to describe many TVs that cost less than $1,000. But Vizio's P-Series is just about as nice as it gets outside of an OLED TV, which is the organic LED TVs, which probably, by all accounts, these have the best picture you can get on the market right now. The blacks are incredibly deep and it has a full array of backlit LEDs that can locally dim and brighten areas of the screen to make something like a TIE Fighter pop that much more out in the depths of space. It's a wonderful TV and the built-in Chromecast is just a bonus. So that one actually has Chromecast built into it. So if you use Chromecast already, this one has it built in and you can just start going right then and there. Next up on the list, we bring in a Samsung NU8000 4K TV. This one's also a 2018 model. The price is right around $1,000, depending where you go. Uh, Samsung's NU8000 is one of the higher quality large TVs that still has a pedestal stand. Maybe a little more practical, depending on your setup. It depends on what kind of stand you're using now. Uh, the picture quality is excellent for a mid to high range level television and it's especially good for gamers. It supports FreeSync and auto-detects your Xbox and PS4 consoles, and it'll automatically turn on game mode that has a lower lag time. Samsung's built-in interface is better than some TV makers, and it also has plenty of apps. The downside is that it's edge lit, so you don't have a full array of lights behind the screen that would enable more precise brightening and darkening of the screen. Next up is going to be a Sony X900F 4K TV, and the price for this one is right around $1,200. The Sony X900F is another top-class TV that shouldn't be called mid-range. It excels with deep blacks and high contrast and is well-suited for any task, including gaming. The wide variety of sizes makes it flexible, too, and it's comparable to Sony's QLED technology, and it's just a step down from LG's OLED TVs. Sony chose Google's Android TV interface, and that gives you a wider range of variety for streaming apps and Netflix, 
and thanks to its access to the Google Play Store, you can download or streaming channels onto it just like any other Android phone. Next up on your list is going to be another Samsung. It's the Q8FN QLED 4K Ultra HD TV. This one's actually going to run you right around 1500. Uh, Samsung knows its way around TVs. To compete with the noticeably superior picture quality of the OLED, it came up with the QLED screen. The Q stands for quantum dots. That's your four, four color LEDs that we talked about earlier. These are kind of an extra layer that help its LED TVs produce brighter, bolder colors. And the Q8FN is one of the company's best. It has deep blacks, very little blooming or halos around bright objects. And it's one of the best TV sets you can own right now. And finally on the list, we bring in LG. This is their C8 OLED TV 4K. Price is going to start right around $1,700. If you want to own the best picture quality possible, you should seek out an OLED TV. And LG is the only TV maker that manufactures them. Sony even gets their OLED displays from LG. With the LG OLED TVs, they're better for one simple reason. They're the only TVs that light up pixel by pixel, and they don't have a backlight. So when you see black areas of the screen, they're as black as possible. LG's WebOS interface and remote control aren't exactly our favorite, but the picture quality trumps any issues that we have. The LG C8 is slightly nicer, but the B8 will give you the benefits of the OLED screen. So that's your seven choices from Wired. And all, all of these TVs are going to be really, really good no matter which way you slice it. It just depends on your budget and your size and what you want to go with. So if you want to take a look at these, I will have all of these TVs on this list in the show prep area on the website after the podcast is over. Please go back and check it. You can see everything that's on there. It'll have all of the prices and everything else on there. And just like that, and my, how time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Uh, That brings us to the end of the podcast. And I do want to thank you all again for taking the time to listen. I do appreciate it. Please tell a friend if you think they might like it. You know, just kind of get them in touch with it. Um, Let them listen to an episode or so. See if they want to follow or not. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page at Down South IT. You can give the page a like and a follow if you hadn't already. Remember, you can always get all of the podcasts on Spotify now, uh, as well as just about any other place you can think of to get your podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Anywhere that you get your podcast, I'm trying to get on there. So please search for it. Uh, I have all the links to all those platforms on the website, uh, downsouthitpodcast.com as well as a whole lot of other stuff to wet your tech whistle, including the blog, reviews, build projects, the whole nine. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to ask on the Facebook page or just shoot me an email, at, uh, and that's going to be downsouthit at gmail.com. Trust me, I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. And as always, I always like to end the show paraphrasing Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many ordinary people but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all again for listening. I'll see you next time on the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.